Welcome to the New to Jesus podcast, where we find foundational truths to help you take your first steps in your walk with Christ. Hey, this is Dan Bergman. Welcome back to the New to Jesus podcast. In our last episode, we looked at Galatians chapter 2, and we talked about how we are not only saved by faith, but we live by faith. As believers, we're not made perfect through keeping the law. We're not saved through the law. We're not made perfect through keeping the law. We're to live by faith. And that Jesus died to do what we could not do. He fulfilled all of the law for us. And we talked about near the end of chapter 2 how Paul, the apostle, he had to confront Peter to his face because Peter was to be blamed. What did Peter do? Well, he was eating with Gentiles, but then when the Jewish believers from Judah came, he forsook the Gentile believers, and he refused to eat with them because of this thought of still being under the law. And Paul withstood him to his face, and he says in verse number 14, if thou being a Jew livest after the manner of the Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, Why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? You see, there was this thing going around by these false brethren who were crept in. They were not true believers that were trying to get people back under the law, trying to say, you can have Jesus, that's fine, but you need to be circumcised. You need to do all of these things in order to really be saved. And this is the error, this is the false doctrine that Paul is combating at these churches in Galatia. He's trying to get them to understand the truth that we're saved by faith alone in Jesus alone, and we live by faith alone in Jesus alone. He ends chapter 2 by saying, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness is come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If we could have been saved by keeping the law, there would be no reason for Jesus to have died. So beginning in chapter 3 in verse 1, he says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth crucified among you? He's saying you've been bewitched. You've been fooled. You've been tricked into believing a lie that faith alone in Jesus alone isn't enough. He says in verse 2, This only what I learn of you, received you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Paul is like, how did you get saved? How did you receive the Spirit? Was it through the works of the law? Was it by keeping the law? Or was it by the hearing of faith? Was it putting trust in what Jesus did for you on the cross? Is that how you received the Spirit? Or was it by keeping the law, doing the works of the law? And it's kind of a rhetorical question saying we're saved by faith. So he's saying you obviously did not get saved or receive the Spirit by the works of the law. Then he says, are you so foolish? Verse 3, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Verse 3 is a verse that a lot of Christians should learn. Not only to read it and maybe memorize it, but to take it to heart. I run into so many people that are born-again Christians, they're saved, but they're confused on how they are to live. We aren't supposed to take some list of rules, regulations, and standards, and that becomes our faith. That's getting the cart before the horse. 
Works are not bad, okay? But they're not how we obtain righteousness in God's eyes. And if we have that list, that set of rules, that set of standards, and that becomes our spirituality, we're going to end up more like the Pharisees than like followers of Christ. Jesus wants our heart more than anything. He wants our faith. The just shall live by his faith, the Bible says. And so many Christians, if they would understand, are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, having begun by faith, are you now made perfect by the flesh? The answer is no. You as a believer, I'm not sure if you got saved recently or if you've been a believer for years and years. This coming June, I'll have been saved for 25 years. And I've been through a lot of different stages in my walk with the Lord. Early on, as a new believer, it's very easy to get sucked into legalism. What do I mean by legalism? I mean a walk with Christ that is absent of faith, and it's absent of a heart for the Lord. It's simply an outward conformity to a a list of rules and regulations. Now, rules and regulations are not bad, okay? Jesus himself taught a whole lot of things that we are to do and things that we are not to do. Paul taught a whole lot of things that we are to do and things that we are not to do. The New Testament is full of those kind of things. But those things that we follow should come from a heart of faith. If a heart of faith and love for the Lord is not there, we have it backwards. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please him. So I want you to understand and get this nailed down. As a believer, God looks at you as already having been sanctified made righteous, made holy. He looks at you and he sees the righteousness of Christ. From God's perspective, the Bible says we are already seated in heaven, okay? But in this daily life, as we walk through this Christian life, before we get to the other side, we're going to encounter things in this wicked world that we're going to need to either have cleansing from, to have continual fellowship with the Lord or things that we are going to need to avoid. And so that list of rules and regulations is not not wrong. It's not bad, but it's not the first thing. It's not the main thing. Following those, those teachings comes from a heart of love, comes from a heart of faith, comes out of gratitude for having already been made righteous in the eyes of God. And as believers, we can never lose our salvation. I've talked about this a couple different times. I've made videos on it. As a believer, when we have sin in our life, we can never lose our salvation. According to the book of Hebrews, chapter number 12, if you are a believer and you have sin in your life and you are not repentant of it, the Bible says God will bring chastisement, meaning discipline. God disciplines his children like a father disciplines his kids. Okay, when they go astray, there has to be a discipline, not necessarily a punishment, okay, but a chastisement, a disciplining, a correction, in order to get that believer onto a right path with God. That Christian will never lose their salvation, but they will lose their fellowship with God if there's something between them and the Lord. If there's unconfessed sin in your life, your prayers will, be, your prayers will not be answered. You will have a lack of peace and a lack of joy. 
until you confess that thing to God and make it right. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, which was written to believers, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's in our daily walk as believers. We should be keeping short accounts with God, meaning if something happens where we fall into sin and temptation, we should immediately confess that to the Lord and forsake it, to have that fellowship restored, not to gain salvation, okay? Not to gain righteousness in God's eyes, because we already have that through Christ. But to have that continual daily fellowship, we should be close to the Lord in our relationship with him. And when there is sin in our life, we should confess it and forsake it. But going back to our verse in Galatians 3.3, Paul says, Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? It's, it's very easy of a trap for believers to fall into, to have this continual outward conformity, but for our hearts to be far from the Lord. That's what we need to avoid. If we have the cart before the horse and we're focusing on this outward set of rules and standards and regulations, we can conform to that, but be rebellious in our heart. We can conform to that, but have no fellowship with God because our hearts are far from him. We're not uh, walking with him by faith. We're not having a heart of love for him. We're not confessing our sins to him like we should in order to keep that connection with him uh, flowing, that fellowship with him. And so what needs to come first? What is the primary thing before the, the, the rules and regulations and standards? It is walking in the spirit, living by faith, and loving the Lord. If we have those things right, everything else will flow from that. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Verse 4, Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it yet be in vain? He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? He's basically saying everything good that you've experienced has been through faith, not through the works of the law. He also says that the things that you've suffered for your faith, have you suffered it in vain? And so he's saying that we need to get back to the idea of living and walking by faith. Verse 6, even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Meaning spiritually, the Gentiles can be grafted in, as it says in Romans chapter 11. The Gentile believers can glean the spiritual blessings of the Abrahamic covenant. That does not mean that they become Jewish, okay? It does not mean that they replace Israel. It does not mean that they now get the physical promises that God promised in that covenant, the land, uh, the seed, and so on. But the Gentiles can experience a spiritual blessing of those things promised in that covenant, meaning we can have a relationship with the God of Abraham, meaning that 
as a Gentile believer, you can now have peace in your heart and life and experience that blessing that God gave to Abraham in Genesis 12, where he says, In thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. You can have that. Spiritually, you can be a child of Abraham by faith. Because before the law was ever given, the Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. This is a quote from Genesis chapter 15 and verse number 6. And the Bible says in verse 8 of Galatians 3, In the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So all the way back in Genesis chapter 12, when God gave Abram the Abrahamic covenant, saying that in you all the nations of the world are going to be blessed, according to Galatians chapter 3, that is the gospel being mentioned there. How would all nations of the world be blessed through Abraham? Through the Messiah. Through the son of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Through the son of David. Through the Messiah. All the nations of the world will be blessed. And if you know Jesus as your Savior today, you are part of the fulfillment of that verse. So then, verse 9, They which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. And that's from Deuteronomy chapter 27 in verse number 26. Verse 11, But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And I've mentioned this a couple of times, but this is a quote from Habakkuk. Chapter 2 and verse 4, the just shall live by faith. The saved, the justified, the righteous, they're going to live by faith. Verse 12, and the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And this is another quote from the Old Testament, from Deuteronomy chapter 21 and verse 23. Jesus hanging on the cross for us, he became a curse for us. The Bible says he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus took our sin. Jesus became our curse. Jesus took the curse of breaking the law. He took that upon himself on the cross on the behalf of all of us so that we could be saved through putting our faith in him. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Do you get the point here? It's not through the law. It's not through faith plus the law. It's not through Jesus plus the law. It's through Jesus and Jesus alone and having faith in him. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men. Though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. And so Paul here in verse 15, he's talking about the covenant. There's a couple of different covenants that are mentioned in the scripture. There's the Abrahamic covenant, which is where God promised Abraham and his promised seed, a land, descendants. 
that the whole world would be blessed through them. Then, after that, there's the Mosaic Covenant, meaning the law that God gave to Moses in the book of Exodus. And so he says in verse number 16, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. What he's saying here is when God promised Abraham that through his seed, through his descendant, the entire world would be blessed, that's a specific fulfillment in Christ, the Messiah. It's a messianic prophecy. And so everything with the Messiah ties back to these, these thoughts. We have the Abrahamic covenant. We have the Davidic covenant, that the Messiah would not only be a son of Abraham, but specifically the son of David. And then the new covenant in Jeremiah chapter 31, where that God would write his law on the inward parts and write it on their hearts, that he would be their God and they would be his people and that he would forgive their sin and remember it no more. That's the new covenant spoken of in Jeremiah 31. And so the specific seed of the Abrahamic covenant, the specific descendant, is Messiah. Through him, we are blessed. And that's not through keeping the law. That's through faith. And then get this, in verse 17, Paul says, And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ, the law which was 430 years after cannot disannul, that it should make the promise of none effect. What is this saying? How Abraham was justified by faith. He was made righteous by faith. Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness, the Bible says. This was before the law was ever given. And that the heathen could be justified through faith, the the Gentiles could be justified through faith, is part of the Abrahamic covenant, which was given 430 years before the Mosaic law. Do you see what it's saying? The law cannot justify you. The law cannot make you righteous. The law cannot save you. The Abrahamic covenant, which was given first, is how we are made righteous through the promised seed, which is the Messiah, that all nations of the world will be blessed through him. Verse 18, for if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Okay, well then what does the law do? What's the purpose of the law? Verse 19, wherefore then serveth the law? Why is the law given? He says it was added because of transgressions. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Basically what he's saying is the purpose of the law was added because of transgressions. Until the one that was promised in the Abrahamic covenant was given, this law would point people to their need for the Savior, would point people to their need for the Messiah. He says, now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. He's saying that the mediator, the one that's going to be the go-between, the one that's going to bring salvation, is not Moses, but it's the Messiah. And the Messiah is God himself in a human body. He says, is the law then against the promises of God in verse number 21? God forbid, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, 
verily or truly, righteousness should have been by the law. If it was possible for there to be a law that would, that would give righteousness, that would give life, then that's how it should have happened. But that's not how God did it. Verse 22, but the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise of faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should be afterwards revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster, the law was our teacher to bring us to Christ. The law was our teacher to, to, to point us to our need for salvation, that we might be justified by faith, he says in the end of verse 24. But after that faith has come, after that we are justified by faith, after we have faith, after we're saved through faith in Christ, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. We're no longer under that teacher, speaking of the law. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. That's how we are saved. We are saved through faith in Jesus. He says in verse 27, For as many of you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Quick note, verse number 27, where it says, as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, that's not saying that people are saved through water baptism. It's simply saying, see, baptism back then, as it is now, or as it should be understood, it's a symbol of our faith. Okay, it's an outward public demonstration to say that we have faith with to say that we have faith in Christ. We're identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's a public declaration of our faith. And he's simply saying that those of you that have been baptized, you've already put on Christ. You've already been saved because you've identified that you've done that. In a similar way, you think of a soldier in the army. They have their uh, fatigues, okay, their, their uniform, and it has their name on it. Somebody might say, look around. All of you wearing this uniform are serving this country. Does the uniform make them a soldier? Does the uniform make them serve the country? No. But the uniform is an outward symbol, is an outward sign that they've already enlisted that they are a soldier. The uniform doesn't make them a soldier. It's simply a sign that they are one, okay? As many of you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. Paul is trying to get the Galatians to realize, unlike Peter's bad example, okay, Gentile believers, Jewish believers, we are all one in Christ. Male believers, female believers, we are all one in Christ. I've heard it said that the ground is level at the foot of the cross, meaning God is not a respecter of persons, okay? Somebody isn't more spiritual than somebody else because they're a man, or because they're Jewish, or because they're Gentile, or because they're female. We are all one in Christ. Verse 29, he says, and if ye be Christ's, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. In verse 29, he says, And if ye be Christ's, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. 
So not only are we saved by faith, but we are kept by faith. And once we are saved, we are no longer under that schoolmaster of the law. The way that we should live is by our faith in Christ, walking in the Spirit. The Bible says, if you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. I hope this has been a blessing to you. I look forward to going into Galatians chapter 4 in our next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the New to Jesus podcast. You can go to our website, newtojesus.com. That's new, the number two, jesus.com. If you'd like to find me on social media, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at danielbergman99. And if you'd like to rate and review this podcast on iTunes, that helps us to get in front of more people to help them take their first steps as new believers in Jesus.